0: Um, my end goal now is I want to be able to help other people and I want to be able to provide assistance to the people that are dealing with what I've dealt with or even worse than what I've dealt with or even smaller than what I've dealt with. You know it doesn't matter how big, small it is, I want to be able to help people.
1: This is the Adventure Sports podcast where we talk to athletes, adventurers, and business owners from around the world of adventure sports. Whether you're climbing Mount Everest, Before I knew better, I used to carry cans of food into the backcountry, um, like a doofus. Uh, obviously, I don't do that anymore. I use freeze-dried food, and I really only use peak refuel, uh, the best backpacking food, the best freeze-dried food in the world. And uh, if you keep listening to the episode, I can show you how to save 20% off an order if you want some. So I was being a little lazy this weekend. Um <laughs> But, what did we do, Emily? We, well, it started out that we were going to take one of the dogs to the dog park. Yeah. But it was really muddy. Um, And so instead we decided to go for a walk at Lair the Bear. It's a park here near town. And, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Uh, You know, the New Year's resolution we talked about at the New Year was Mm -hmm. to go to the outdoors at least once a week no matter what's going on during the week or even the weather and uh you helped me stick to it and it I was it, yeah and it was a good time so it, it was really good yeah it was perfect weather and it, you know it's not a real extreme place but it's next to a creek and you know it's just so good to get out there because you tend to overlook those experiences that you've done a bunch of times or that aren't real exciting because it's not, you know, the backcountry of Yellowstone or on top of a, a giant mountain, but it's. Or you feel like it's not enough of a workout, like yeah, oh, this yeah. isn't enough, so I'm not going to go at all. When really you just need to put one foot in front of the other. But it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's a good afternoon. Um, yeah. So any more? There's no more announcements. I don't think uh, you can always call us and leave a voicemail. Our number is eight one two mail pod. You can uh, send us an email info at adventuresportspodcast.com. And uh, what is our slogan, Emily? We're going <laughs> we're going fifty fifty in twenty twenty. <laughs> oh, ours! I was talking about the podcast. Oh, I I don't know. What is the pot? I don't know. Nah, we don't have one. I'm I just was like, kidding. wait, there's a slogan. <laughs> no. So confused. All right. Well, uh, today's episode is Daniel Hurd. He'll tell you more about his story, but uh, he he um is a veteran. Uh, he suffers from depression and had some uh, attempted suicides that that thankfully failed. And his friend turned him on to bicycles, and that totally uh, changed his life. And now he is riding his bike around the country to 48 states trying to promote uh, suicide awareness as well as getting veterans the help they need and uh, anyone the help they need. So if you're someone in need, we encourage you to find somebody you talk to. But the episode, will be talking about that just to let you know. If you're sensitive to that, uh, please be cautious. But if you need help, please call someone. The Suicide Prevention Hotline will be in the show notes. But uh, enjoy the episode and have a great week. All right, so uh, hey everybody, welcome to the show. Today I have Daniel Hurd. He is, you know, I I, I bike tour, but he's doing a crazy bike tour. He's riding to the lower 48 states, riding to every single of the 48 states uh, for suicide awareness. You can follow him at ridewithdanusa.com. But uh, Daniel, welcome to the show, man.
0: Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate
1: it. Yeah, man. I know you already told me this, but where, where are you coming from today?
0: Well, today I'm in Savannah, Georgia. I got here yesterday. Um, literally eight, just over eight months on the road and just over 6,000 miles to get here.
1: Holy cow. So eight months. Dang. So where, where'd you start?
0: Started in Plymouth, Massachusetts on March 5th.
1: Wow. And what has the route been like from uh, from Massachusetts? Because it ain't 6,000 miles to Savannah.
0: (laughs) Uh, No, it's not. Well, uh, something about my journey is it's not the uh, most efficient route. You know, it's more to, I'm a veteran, so I wanted to really kind of see a lot of my veteran friends and uh, people that I served with. And, you know, so I started plotting where they lived and it ended up being like 32 states or something like that. And to get to them, it was like 40 states to go through them. So I just added the rest of it.
1: (laughs) So, So have you been able to see people? along the way, like you planned?
0: Yeah, I actually saw one of my veteran friends this morning. It was great. I haven't seen him since 2010. So it was really great. On top of it, again, I'm uh, I'm actually staying with a high school friend uh, here in Savannah. So again, enjoy Thanksgiving with uh, as close as family as I possibly can. And, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting thing. I'm, so my nickname, it's been Lieutenant Dan since I got out of the military. I wasn't a lieutenant. <laughs> I was. not uh, So I don't take credit for that portion. Uh, but I was an E5. So but this part of this journey is kind of a lot of people think of Forrest Gump because, you know, I'm kind of doing something pretty epic like he did. You know, doing it on a bicycle kind of relates more to me being as Lieutenant Dan. And it's uh, really kind of just healing my own self, kind of like what he was doing. He just kind of ran until he figured out his own life and what path he needed. I'm doing the same thing with a bicycle. That's the only
1: difference. So, yeah. So, so what are you doing and why? So I'm
0: bicycling all 48 states. My goal is to do 25,000 miles in the course of three years. And it's going to be a continuous three years. It's not like I'm going to take breaks or, uh, you know, do segments at a time. I'm doing it the entire time. You know, I stop where I am and I'll take time off there just to kind of recoup. But I continue on from that. The goal is, again, to do all 48 states, but I'm doing it for suicide awareness. And the reason why I'm doing that. I've attempted suicide three times in my own life. The last one being last, April of 2017. So it's uh, very home to me. I've also lost a lot of friends uh, and people that I've known over the years to suicide. So it, it hits home really well for me. And uh, when I started this project, I actually just told everybody was to visit veteran friends. But really deep down, it was for this cause. And uh, the more I got comfortable with what I was doing, the more I was willing to talk about it. And the more I talk about it, I realize a lot more people are actually willing to listen. And the more I tell people my story, the more I heal, which helps people understand that there's other people like them. So really, it's, we're, we're all healing together, and it's, it's really a cool project.
1: Yeah, no kidding. And the fact that you're doing it so openly, um, have you found that to be even more helpful than just you know being open about it before? Now you're on a project where it's basically what you have to talk about every day.
0: Yeah, I actually—it's it, kind of funny when I plan out my day for the routes and which way I'm going to go. Um, I actually have to accommodate about two to three hours a day for people to stop and talk to me. People pull over on the side of the road. People uh, come running out of their house to see what—what's what, this guy bicycling? They've never seen tourist bicycles in certain areas where I've ridden. So you know, I, I have to stop and I talk to them for fifteen, twenty minutes, sometimes longer you know it's it really gets an awesome point because I get to like interact with a lot of people and uh get to see that there's still a lot of good people in this world you know unfortunately a lot of media that doesn't portray all the time so
1: now did you did you know that or are you learning that on the bike that there's a lot of kind people
0: i've I'm honestly learned that while I've been on this trip, and um you know when I first started this i'm part of my journey is I'm actually doing it with no savings. Um, and the reason why I'm doing that is to show people that we can survive with the basic needs of life, which, which is what I carry on my bicycle. I carry about 150 pounds of gear on my bicycle with me. And uh, I do that. And I do it with no savings to show people that you, know, you don't have to have a luxurious thing to be able to enjoy the area around us, especially in the United States. We have so many different landscapes and options here that People think you have to be rich and be able to travel, but really you don't have to do that. I've been doing it for eight months with literally I left with my last paycheck, which was $400. <laughs> Dude,
1: that is crazy. That is awesome. You know, I, I've, man, I know they're cheap because I, I, that's what I do, man. I love bike touring, but, uh, I've never done it without any savings, but, uh, that, that's a lot of weight to carry too, man. You must have, uh, you got everything you need.
0: Yeah. I literally, when I started this, my bike was actually heavier than it is now, Dang. um, But I had literally spare tires, spare gearing system chains. I had pedals. I had literally everything I thought I would need other than a frame and a couple, like, uh, like the wheels and stuff like that. Like I I had everything I possibly could think of before I left and just went with it. And so far it's been amazing. Uh, it's established, uh, so much more confidence in myself, uh, as a person and, And humanity because when I started this project, I literally thought that I was going to die of starvation or being robbed or something.
1: You know, I I try to think back when I had never done one, every scenario goes through your head, but dude, it's an awesome way to see the country. It's an awesome way to raise awareness for something. It's, it's probably my favorite way to travel.
0: Oh, it absolutely is. Now I I actually, I gave up my Harley and everything I own to do it on a bicycle so that's how much i love this bicycle and the bicycle literally changed my life so um i've only been bicycling since july of last year and this is technically my first tour
1: <laughs> dang that's crazy so yeah so why the bicycle why'd you choose that instead of maybe doing like a, a motorcycle ride or something
0: well for for the longest time i've always since i was a teenager i have rode dirt bikes i went transitioned to street bikes, and then I switched over to cruisers and I, anything with a motor, I rode it, and I always called it the, my therapy session and uh, my best friend, believe it or not, had tried for almost five years, literally almost five years, to get me to go ride with him on a bicycle, and I was immediately always shut down to be like, bro, like I'm not getting on a bike it's, I'm on a motorcycle I'll beat you there <laughs> And uh, you know I, I just shut it down for so long, and then uh, after I got in my out of the hospital. I was kind of already planning my fourth attempt. I was kind of hanging out with people, kind of getting back into the routine of life. But at the same time, I was still stuck in my own, my own head and my own thoughts. And finally, after years, my buddy finally got me on a bicycle. And, uh, you know, at first I was just like, Oh, this is, this is fun. But you know, I don't, I don't like it that much. It it didn't really have that effect that I was, well, the fact that it has now on me, It, it really kind of took a few times. He made me keep going with him And, uh, until I fell in love with it, like I literally got to a point where I'd be bugging him to go ride his bicycle, and he'd be like, "We're not riding today. Like I, I'm, I'm busy." I went and bought my own bicycle. I started riding on my own, and then I started doing like little trips, like weekend warrior stuff, to go to like from Massachusetts, I'd go to New Hampshire or to Rhode Island, or, or do like a, a 150 mile loop or something. So
1: yeah, I, I guess it's the the physical activity. It's yeah. it's peaceful because it's quiet. You know, for the most part, and yeah, you just feel so good afterwards. I yeah, man, that's so cool.
0: So yeah, it's all that, and like the fact that you feel accomplished, regardless of how far you get. There's days where I'm discouraged, but like I rode 15 miles on my hardest day so far. I did 15 miles in five hours. It was the hardest day of my entire trip to this date. Oh, but man. and I and I felt really discouraged like most of the day. But by the time by the end of the day, where I made it and, uh, set up my camp for the night, you know, I just kind of reflected on what I just did. I just climbed a mountain to get onto the blue Ridge Parkway.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I bet, I bet the day after that was awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, you know, usually on, like on the blue Ridge, I was doing about 40 to 50 miles a day in a five hour period. Um, and again, I did 15 in five hours that one day. So it was a, it was better, uh, I was in a better mode, but it was still very, very difficult. And you know, I tell everybody all the time is I'm just a regular guy doing something epic. It's not that I'm epic. I'm just a normal guy, and I'm still new into cycling. It, and uh, that's kind of it.
1: So, ha- has riding the bike on this journey has it helped your you mentally?
0: Oh, absolutely. I I tell people all the time now. Um, I am in the best physical. And mental state of my life. I've lost over 100 pounds of weight too. So, like, what? You know, that
1: 100 yeah. pounds? Dang. <laughs> Holy cow.
0: So, last April, uh, when I did my suicide attempt in the hospital, I was about 268 pounds. And uh, when I started bicycling, I was about 240. When I left for this trip, I was about 190. I got down to about 130 before I decided I, instead of being restrictive on my diet, I just started eating anything and everything I could and i'm averaging about 155 now
1: wow and how does that feel
0: i feel more confident in my own appearance you know i wasn't one of those fat guys where i filled in like i look stocky instead of mm, like okay. just just fat so um but i always had self confidence issues now i really don't have that issue and which helps with my depressional portion because i still deal with long term depression um you know my I'm not a perfect person. I still deal with it, but I've learned how to cope with it better. You know, I've learned how yeah. to stay more positive. At the end of the day, I, I think of all the positive things that I did that day, even if it was a, the worst day I've ever had. Like There's days on my social media where I do my little daily video uh, updates that people see me, and I'm, I'm drained and and just hurting and just feel like I want to give up. But I, every night, I, I literally just sit there and I'm like, what did I do good today? What did I, What progress did I make? And, uh, you know, anytime I start getting too far down, um, somebody shows up and that is about to commit suicide and I happen to cross their path or they reach out to me. Um, I've had 44 people now call me or been in my path, eight of them in my path that were on their way to commit suicide. And they happen to come across my page or come across me on my bicycle in the moments that they needed somebody the most.
1: No kidding, man. 44 people.
0: And that's crazy to me. Like, yeah. I started this project for, started this project for myself, never mind anybody else. But I'm very thankful that I've survived my own attempts, and I'm thankful that I have this opportunity to be healing my own self, but at the same time helping others realize that there's more than what they're in their own heads about.
1: Dang, man, that is crazy. I that that blows my mind that that many people have already reached out, and dude, that makes that makes everything worth it. That's got to.
0: It absolutely does. And, you know, people ask me all the time, like, what happens if you give up or anything like that? Or what happens if you get bored with it? At this very moment, I can't like, not that these people are relying on me to stay alive, but, you know, they motivate me to keep going because I'm motivating them to stay living.
1: How, what does that feel like? Is that a lot of pressure?
0: Um, you know, at first it kind of was, I, I cried a lot, you know, I was kind of trying to adjust to my own emotions. Uh, you know, I, I, I was never really a crier too much. Um, but in the last like three or four months, I cry a lot more, you know, and it's not sad crying or depressed crying. It's like joyful crying. Like I'm, Mm. I just start like being happy and joyful and I start crying. It's, you know, it's good to release those sometimes. So, you know, it works for me and uh, I'm, I feel privileged to be able to have this opportunity and I hope that I have the opportunity to help more along the way. You know, I'm only in state number 17 out of 48. I got a long ways to go. So that means... There's potential for a lot more people that i could help in the way and that's kind of what keeps me going now
1: that's really inspiring um please dude keep going so yeah like i said at the beginning of the episode i used to carry cans of food into the backcountry, and uh, i know there's a lot lighter things to do but uh there's just a lot of options that aren't good for you or are either too heavy um and that's why i really do uh use peak refuel now um Uh, they're a new backpacking food company and i say backpacking food really it's just uh freeze-dried food that you can use for anything i've actually eaten it for dinner before with my family uh because it's real food it's not it does not taste like backpacking food or hunting food or something that you're only going to eat in the backcountry it's it's delicious high uh in protein uh nutritious it is going to refuel you it is filling huge portions and I really encourage you all to give it a shot. At least try it out. Uh, and that is peakrefuel.com. And if you want to get 20% off an order, uh, use the code ASP20. And that's capital ASP and then two zero. Now back to the episode. How, what's been one of your hardest days?
0: Uh, well, definitely not, like, overall de- like on a riding day definitely the day i did 15 miles and that was to get the meadows a day in virginia uh like i said i i climbed i did 15 miles i climbed about 3,000 feet on a nine percent grade um with 150 pounds of gear and you know yeah that's just <laughs> tough <laughs> yeah it, it's a slow process and you know uh, there's a lot of times where i just wanted to literally drop my bike and just walk away from it and then uh Uh, somebody from the, that lived on the hill, uh, this hill that I was climbing would come out and be like, man, I've never seen anybody climb this hill, which would motivate me to keep going because, you know, that, that was my, my sign that I, I was doing something that I needed to do and I needed to keep going type thing. That's probably been the hardest day. You know, there's been a lot of other harder days. Um, I had a gentleman that, uh, in New York, he was on his way to go hang himself and I, he was on his bicycle and I was coming up behind him and I caught up to him. And, uh, he started venting to me about what was going on. And, uh, I spent an hour and a half with him to change his thought process. And we went and got him the help that he needed. But that was emotionally my hardest day.
1: Dude, this is, this is crazy. You were right there when that guy needed you. That's nuts. Yeah.
0: Up until that very moment, uh, the people that I had dealt with before that, you know, I thought it was coincidence that I was in their path when they were on their moments. You know, I, I didn't think much of it. But since that one moment in New York, I've, uh, you know, I, I don't believe in coincidence anymore. I believe that I put in this uh, this path to cross these people at those times. And, uh, you know, it's really established the Lord into my life. Um, I wasn't really ever uh, religious and I'm still kind of learning it. But, you know, it's kind of something that's happened while I've been on this journey where
1: I didn't have it before. What do you think about this journey has inspired you to be religious? Did you meet someone that told you about that or did you read something?
0: Um, well, it was more so just the people that I've come across just over the time. You know, I'm, like I said, I'm still kind of trying to figure it all out in my own head, but, um, it's definitely a, a stronger connection than I've ever been in my entire life. But, uh, You know, it wasn't one in particular person. It was like so many people just over time and just certain things that would happen. Like I wouldn't make it to where I wanted to for my checkpoint. But, you know, somebody would come out of nowhere and offer me a place to stay that just happened to look over their shoulder and see me crossing the road. So they would run out and come and get me type thing. So, you know, it's stuff like that. I've been uh, very blessed in the sense of uh, um, I haven't had really any negativity involving my issue uh my trip for the most part I've been hit a couple times but nothing significant I haven't had any serious injuries um but I feel like I just I'm being guided in a sense so um I definitely feel like this journey where even though I started for myself it's a lot bigger than me
1: That's really cool man That's really cool Have you you know I know you've shared some really positive experiences so far but what's been something else like a story that was really really memorable or a really good day that you had
0: ah uh, well that's a hard one that's because you know every day is a great day as long as I <laughs> yeah. uh, I make progress but you know just the people in general um not anybody in particular I guess if it had to be one in particular event you know I met some great people in Albany New York and I ended up staying with them in Buffalo New York where they lived and uh, you know I spent like five days there they treated me like family. Uh, we still keep in touch regularly, and uh, you know, those were like th- those are the moments that I look forward to because you know, all these people that I'm meeting and all the people I'm crossing paths with, um, you know, I'm building friendships, I'm building a network so that people one uh, reach out to me if they need help, and vice versa, if I need help, I have all these new people that I never had in my network before that, you know, when I felt alone, so now I know I'm not alone, and it, you know, it reestablishes in my own head that. I'm okay. And I can keep going. And
1: that's pretty much about it. I guess (laughs) the bike does that, man. You just, you connect with people. You, you just build these, you feel like, uh, you feel like the whole world or right now the whole country is kind of like, someone's going to have your back somewhere, anywhere you go, Exactly. you're going to find someone that has, that'll be watching out for you.
0: Exactly, you know, and there's always a yin and yang. There's always as much good as there is evil, unfortunately. But, you know, you gotta use your own judgment, you gotta use your own head as you're going, you know. It's going with your own gut feeling and at the same time, you know, hoping and as long as you think positive thoughts, positive thoughts come back. If you're thinking that the worst thing's gonna happen to you, then that worst thing will happen. It's just a matter of time.
1: Yeah. So so speaking of that, have you had any uh, scares with any people or Anything come up to your tent at night?
0: Um, I've had a few things. I had a bear circle my tent in uh, Vermont. No uh, way, dang! <laughs> he was. Crazy. I'm pretty. I was pretty sure I'm. I was in his path, and he just circled my tent for about an hour, just kind of growling at me a little bit. Um, but he he stayed his distance, and I kept to myself, and we just kind of waited until I waited till he got tired and moved on. But um, I've had a few other incidences, nothing serious. I had a uh, a group of guys pop up at my tent one morning, I think, with alternative intentions. until I told them what I was doing. And uh, one of the guys, he had just recently lost his cousin and really connected to what I was doing. And uh, they told me to get out of the neighborhood. I was in a bad neighborhood. So I was very fortunate that what I was doing actually had a connection to somebody. And, you know, uh, it could have gone a lot worse if it wasn't in that sense, I think. But very wow. fortunate. Um, I also had a guy pull a gun on me, uh, in New York the same day that the guy tried to hang himself. Um, but I was very fortunate. A police officer happened to pull onto the street and the guy took off seeing the cop. I found out later that it was, uh, the neighborhood I was in is actually one of, uh, one of the most dangerous ones of this year with
1: homicides. Dude, that is, that is a crazy day. Dang, yeah, you're just like, rolling over these things like it's nothing, dude. That's crazy. That's a lot of crazy stuff happening at once.
0: Well, like I said, after I'm after I got that guy help, I actually found a spot off the side of the road. It was like a little like clearing that I just happened to notice. I pulled over, I dropped my bike, and I cried for like an hour, just trying to get myself like mindset right and figure out like what happened all day and like what was I even. Like it was, I was trying to remember what my purpose of this was, and you know, it took me an hour to kind of get back on my bike and kind of gather myself to keep going. But you know, I did, and it's all one pedal at a time. That's kind of my slogan too. Is you know, it's everything happens one at a time. It doesn't matter what we do. So as much as we want to multitask and multi-purpose, you know, we gotta focus on one thing at a time. That's the only time. That's the only way we're gonna make progress.
1: I man, that sounds like like the, a true adventure so far, to be honest. It is, I love it, man. I, I've been right there in your shoes at points with uh, what it feels like to be out there. And uh, if you want me to be honest, I, I suffer from depression too. And it gets pretty severe sometimes. And I, I use the bike as well as a refuge. But uh, I'll ask you this just because I've been there. Are you at all... Um, how do you feel when you think about when the trip is over? Is it like something that scares you? Is it something that it, you're excited for the next, uh, chapter? Uh, yeah, just open up about that.
0: You know, at first I was kind of nervous cause I was like, this is only like a temporary thing, you know, as long as it's, as long as I'm doing it, I'm fine. But yeah, I, I have thought about that. Like what happens when I get done this? Am I going to get bored? Am I going to think that my life is complete? You know, I'm looking at this more so as um, this is just a step, the, the start of my journey, the start of my path that I've been placed on, you know. Um, my end goal now is I want to be able to help other people, and I want to be able to provide assistance to the people that are dealing with what I've dealt with or even worse than what I've dealt with or even smaller than what I've dealt with. You know, it doesn't matter how big, small it is. I want to be able to help people. So my goal at the end of this or during this to actually start a nonprofit uh, you know the one pedal at a time movement actually, to get people to realize that um, one, don't be so uh, fast to close things that you think you don't like out. that's our mind shutting us out and you know obviously our mind's our biggest critic, but uh, you know for so long, I could have been on a bicycle I could have changed my thought process I could have I could have not had two of my suicide attempts if I had gone on the bicycle five years ago. I
1: see. Okay.
0: You know, you know, because I was so close to shutting it out so fast, I I, I missed opportunities for so long. And I, I now what I want to do is I want to get people to realize that, you know, uh there are people out there that have survived suicide survivors. I want to get suicide survivors involved and show them how they cope and how they've moved on and or not even moved on but adapting and, you know, found ways to stay positive. So, uh, you know, that's kind of where my moment goal is, is, um, to get the non-profit organization to help others. And then at the same time, uh, after this project, who knows if I can get enough sponsorships and, uh, people that are interested in seeing it continue, it might become Rye with Dan International.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Ride with within international right now it's Ride with Dan usa so so what does that project look like or what is that idea right now
0: well the goal would be obviously to hit all the rideable con- continents and uh land masses uh but what i would do is since i'm finishing this project in seattle washington i would uh uh start in alaska continue through south america go to africa europe asia Uh, through australia and then hop skip over to hawaii so i'll hit all 50 states hopefully at some point in my life on a bicycle but i'll do it around the world so that i can uh, raise awareness for international purposes instead of just the united states
1: wow so so you you're gonna hit all 48 on this trip and then the next trip you would start in the 49th and then ride around the world to hit the 50th that's pretty cool
0: yeah, you know, it would be great uh, that that second project really, really depends on if I can get enough uh, sponsors and everything else to support that. Because uh, if I'm going to continue to do it the way I've been, uh, I'm not going to do it with savings unless it's from donations from people or organizations to continue it. You know, uh, I want to show people that we can still survive and that there's still a lot of good people in the world that are willing to help regardless if they know your situation or not.
1: mm. What has it been like seeing your friends after, uh, after all those years and just riding up to their house on a bicycle? What kind of experiences have that brought about so far?
0: Um, well, unfortunately I haven't got to see as many as I'd like. Uh, I didn't see my first veteran friend until I was in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I was supposed to see about six of them before that. Uh, Unfortunately life happens. They have families and we just weren't able to connect and, uh, but the ones that I have connected with and the ones that I hope to connect with along the way, it's been amazing. Honestly, it's like we picked up where we left off. Uh, the only difference is, is either they don't drink as much and I don't drink. Uh, tomorrow is actually six years alcohol free for me. So um, whereas when we were in the service. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, but when we were in the service, that's that was like our thing. We we worked together and we drank together. So it was uh, it's a little different, you know, because – First thing most people say is, we got to go out and get a drink. And I'm like, uh, I don't do that. <laughs> and, it, you know, it kind of puts a damper on things sometimes because that's kind of how people get relaxed and get comfortable with each other. But, you know, I try to make it as comfortable as possible. I, I act just like I would if uh, they have been there my entire life and, you know, that we haven't missed a beat in like seven or eight years. So um, it's been really a lot of great time. Everybody that I have seen, you know, I stayed with a, uh, a, a family of, that I know Uh, that I also served with both the husband and the wife, stayed with them for three weeks in Norfolk. And I got to see other friends and not all of them, but, you know, I got to see as many as I could. Uh, So it was really great. It was really like we picked up where we left off and we just exchanged stories. And, you know, it was just a lot of good times. And it really reminds me of why I really care about these people and how most of the people I served with, I feel like they're more of a family to me than my own real family.
1: Oh, man, I can't even imagine. You go through something like that together, you know, you're you're bonded for life in a way. Um, yeah. It's got to be a cool yeah. experience to see them after so long.
0: It is. It's really an experience to see, you know, where they've continued on. Some of them are still in the military, so that where their progress has made uh, over the course of the time that we haven't seen each other and their advancements and, you know, their accomplishments in the service and the other ones that have gotten out and uh you know just kind of picked up kind of doing the same thing where i did is just kind of trying to figure out how we fit in after we uh after we transition. and it's been it's, again it's been a great experience I, i'm really glad that i was able to see as many as i have and i'm really looking forward to seeing all the ones i can along the way too so
1: this is just so cool i'm just blown away that's such a long journey what what do you <laughs> find uh yeah man it's crazy but it's awesome. I love it. What do you, What do you find most difficult uh, riding your bike every day? Some
0: for me, it's the long roads, and I know, and it's sad to say, I'm only on the East Coast. I haven't made it to the Midwest yet. And there's oh, gonna be man. days where I see yeah. the same. I'm gonna see the same mountain for three days before I even get to okay. that mountain.
1: <laughs> yep, yep.
0: But you know, it's been uh, it, that that's the hardest part is just uh, you know, I've been down the whole East Coast almost already. I'm almost to Florida, and. It gets repetitive after a while. Like you see the you see farmlands, different farms, but it just looks like the same farms that I saw in like New York or Vermont or anywhere else. So I feel like I'm getting repetitive on my my uh, my photos and stuff like that. So it kind of I'm looking forward to getting a little further south where it's more palm trees and uh you know a different kind of view.
1: Time for a quick message break. So, you know that this show is brought to you by Camp Crate, and you hear that name quite a bit, but you might not know exactly what it is. Basically, Camp Crate is the bridge between people who want to have a backpacking experience but don't have gear and don't know where to start with planning. Um, they're extremely helpful. They'll rent you the gear and they ship it right to your front door. Uh, if you just have friends that are already going, but you just are tagging along but you don't have your own stuff, or you have gear but really don't know where to go, uh, they can help you with all that. So go to campcrate.net or send them an email at support at Their whole mission is that you get in the backcountry and you have an awesome time on a self-guided adventure. Back to the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you're going to see. I mean, I'm looking at your route right now, and it's just a huge tour of America. It is going to be... There'll be some long days, man, in about the middle of your trip going through Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas. But I'll be honest, I've ridden across all those and you there's something fun there's something really comforting about how open it is. I think you're gonna enjoy that, where you're like you don't see a town for fifty miles and in and, and it's kind of it's kind of freeing, you know? Whereas I feel like on the East Coast you just you're hitting towns constantly.
0: Oh yeah. There's, you know, there's only been, I've been on the road, like I said, for over eight months and there's probably been like a total of a week's time frame that I went without a day without going through like an actual town or seeing a grocery or a convenience store or anything. There's been probably like seven or eight days total of this entire trip, which is nothing compared to what it's
1: going to be. Wow. What place are the, are you the most excited to see?
0: Oh, uh, well, uh, I'm really excited to go to Key West. I'm heading there after I leave Savannah. Uh, obviously, it's going to take a transition to different towns and cities, but I'm looking forward to getting down there on the bicycle. I've never been there personally. I've never been south of Miami, um, so it's going to be a really cool experience for that. I'm also looking forward to going to New Orleans for Mardi Gras if I can make it there in time, you know, just to experience the life and, you know, the the heritage and all that stuff that they have everywhere. And uh, honestly – I'm really looking forward to Colorado. Uh, I have a lot of friends there, and uh, I miss San Diego. I lived there for four or five years, so I'm looking forward to getting back and seeing a bunch of people there too. But just the scenery itself was always beautiful, so I look forward to that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you got – I mean, this is like a grand tour of America. I'm looking at uh, – you're going to hit everything. It's incredible. Just to know that, you know, people tell – I don't know, people used to tell me all the time, like, oh, when you go here, you know, make sure – you know you don't rush you don't rush you really take time to see it and i was always like man i'm, I'm going 10 miles an hour i don't miss a beat you know what i'm saying like <laughs> i'm on a bike you're driving in a car yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. no but it's funny because you still miss so much like just the other day i went and saw in south carolina i saw this um the old sheldon church ruins and uh it's an old church from the uh, pre-revolution and during the civil war it got destroyed again but it's just ruins of the outer edge of the the masonry pretty much of it but it was like magnificent and it was crazy because when i was in charleston the day before one of the people that i had met told me about it and i was literally staying three i I planned my camp three miles away from it and didn't even know it existed that's crazy so i actually rerouted A little bit. It was only like a three mile difference, but I rerouted so I could go see that church and the ruins of it. And then I set up camp just down the road of that. So, and that's the other part of what I'm doing is since I'm not doing it with savings, I do stealth camp and I don't typically, unless I have uh, uh, a good person sponsored per se uh, that uh, is fortunately I've had happen a couple of times is buy me a hotel room for a night or two uh, sometimes if it's bad weather, somebody will donate towards camping. So uh, I use the money what people ask me to use it towards instead of what I think I need it for because I don't need anything. I have what I need, but all the extra stuff is wants. And if it's a want, then I let the people that are giving me that want ability to decide it for me almost.
1: Now that's that's about all I did too was stealth camp, and I didn't really plan out like where you're gonna stay because y- you meet so many good people. You know, before long. If you're if you're in need of like a shower or a warm bed, man at some point pretty soon someone's going to offer that because that's just how friendly people are out on the road.
0: Yep, exactly. And there's so many cyclists out there even if they're not touring cyclists, cyclists in general. They see a touring cyclist, they get all aroused and like, "Ooh, what's going on?"
1: <laughs> yeah, man. I know know what you're talking about. That's funny. So, you know,
0: that's great because then they get you're drawing attention to yourself, which presents
1: opportunities dude uh it's funny you say that i i met a i remember riding through savannah one time literally where, right where you are and this guy i met this guy at a gas station and he was a cyclist and he was riding his bike and he's like man i live like five miles from here why don't you ride to my house here's my address he was he was riding with a group he's like i'll finish the ride and i'll come hang out with you and he handed me a key to his house
0: yeah see that's awesome and that happens to me all the time too it's crazy like and i'm very thankful that they have that much trust in somebody that's cycling across the country but like there's times where like yeah man make yourself comfortable uh you know obviously i wasn't expecting to be here i have plans tonight but do what you want go in the fridge whatever um and then just leave and i'm just like what was that dude's name? I don't even know if I got his name. Yeah.
1: And you're like chilling on his couch, watching TV, eating his food. And yeah. they're like, totally cool with it.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's, it's great because like, like I said, it, re, it really has uh, reestablished that in my own life, that there is still a lot of goodness in this country and in the world, but definitely in this country where uh, if you told me a year ago that there was this many good people, I would have probably laughed in your face. Or if I told myself, I would have been like, Dude, shut up. You're lying to me.
1: <laughs> that's that's the probably the biggest lesson I've learned too is that there are lots of of just good hearted, trusting, like unbelievably trusting people out there. And if you pay if the only thing you pay attention to is what you see in paper or what you see on the news, you're gonna have a really, really skewed view of what's going on.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: So man, like I'm really glad that you're talking about your uh the struggles that you have mentally and that just the thoughts and the, and the daily challenge. Um, what do you want to say to encourage people? Because there's a lot of people out there going through it too. And I realize that when I'm more open about it, people tend to be more open too. And so, it like you said before, it helps all of us when we're more open about it. Um, because I think it takes a lot of people, it takes someone with a lot of courage like you to first talk about it. Before they're willing to share, so what? So what would you like to share with people who might be struggling um, and feel like they're alone?
0: Well, definitely that they're not alone. First of all, you know, just because you feel alone in your own inner circles, you know, sometimes that happens. Unfortunately, you know, there's people out there that are willing to help. There's people out there that don't even need to know what your story is or what your issues are that are willing to help. You know, sometimes it's hard to reach out, but you got to have the confidence that there are people out there that are willing to help you and that are there for you as much as they don't know you, they don't know your situation, but they're there to help. And, you know, that really, as long as as um, as long as you keep doing new things, always be willing to try new things and don't give up on it on the first try, because you never know, it might be the love of your life, kind of like what bicycling is for me. So, you know, it's never give up uh, as much as sometimes it's hard to really think past that. Um, be open to trying new things cause it might change your life. And, uh, you know, that there's still a lot of good people out there that are willing to help. That's really it is, um, you know, I know unfortunately a lot of people get stuck in their own heads, you know, I, including myself, I've done it. I, I was too scared to call a hospital cause I didn't want it on my record. It's better to be on your record and then finding out about it in, in the newspaper.
1: I, I absolutely agree with you. Um, you know, be open about it, be willing to talk because as many people that are willing to talk there's I bet a hundred people that that don't that are in the same exact boat they're just afraid to share and and help is is right there so man, man, I really appreciate you being on here um how How can people follow you? Well,
0: so I'm on facebook, instagram, twitter as ride with dan u s a uh you can also if you're not on any social media which there are still people like that you can check out ridewithdanusa.com um i also have a youtube account so you can see videos and stuff but yeah that's pretty much how you can find out to me if you guys if anybody was interested in sending emails of uh you can do it at ridewithdanusa@gmail always respond just give me enough time but sometimes i don't have service
1: <laughs> yeah man i totally get that you, uh, you got to get back when, you know, you can catch up and you get them good old internets.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, see, it's like, a tough, it's like two part. Well, it's like two full time jobs, really. You're riding all day and then you're doing your social media when you're not riding. So it really is a lot of work. But, you know, every day it makes it worth it. Seeing everybody that I see through my social media and through people that I interact with that are either inspired by it to you know, potentially even go do their own journeys or you know inspired to figure out how to fix their own life so that they can continue on doing what they want to do and what they love to do or figure out what they love to do so
1: enjoy your thanksgiving um enjoy the warmth down in florida that's where i'm from so uh i know all about it it's a great place uh it's a ways down there to key west but you're going to be there at the right time of year so uh, have a good time, yeah. man. Thanks for doing what you're doing, and thanks for being open and being willing to talk about this stuff.
0: Not a problem. I, I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, um, hopefully we got an opportunity future down the road to see how my progress is made.
1: Yeah, let's do an update in a couple of months, man, or a little bit down the road. See how? Oh, Actually, you'll be coming through Denver. Just let me know when you're coming through Denver. We'll do a live Yeah, show. definitely
0: will do. <laughs> yeah, because I'll be there. I'm actually going to spend some time in Denver, so when I get there, I'll be in touch.
1: Please do. Thank you.
0: Thank you. I appreciate
1: it. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. All right. See ya. Hey, thank you so much for listening. If you know somebody that would make a good guest on the show, or if you have a pretty cool story about the outdoors or adventure sports that you want to tell us, please call us and leave a voicemail at 812-MAIL-POD. That is 812-624-5763. Uh, you can also send us an email at info at adventuresportspodcast.com again it is always helpful to leave us a review on itunes and if you'd like to be a supporter of the show you can give five bucks a month at patreon.com slash adventuresportspodcast and links for all that stuff is also in the show notes so thanks again for listening and y'all get out there and do something so you can be on the show one day all right later Also, don't forget, if you want to save 20% off the best backpacking food on planet Earth, go to peakrefuel.com, and at checkout, use the code ASP20.